0: All right, I don't know if that was two minutes or not. Hopefully, it wasn't too long and awkward, but it's okay to reach out, get to know people. Uh, my name is Derek. I'm on staff down here, and I get a I get to speak and teach every once in a while. So uh, today, I'm excited because I I get to teach in something that I'm not good at. So I don't know how that makes you feel, but uh, I get to teach out of an area I struggle in, and. To me, that's encouraging because I have to practice what I'm, I'm trying to teach and trying to uh, communicate. So this week, it's silence and solitude. This is the spiritual practice and discipline that we're looking at. And uh, if, if you weren't here the last couple weeks, this 21 days of intention that we were talking about, is, this is in the idea that in 21 days, you can completely rewire your brain. You can learn new habits, new routines, and get in a much healthier, uh, position and so we are challenging you guys to do this with us. So um, there's these cards floating around. If you don't have one, we have more. But these have ideas and verses and things that you can do. And each week we're kind of looking at a different uh, kind of spiritual practice. So like I said, silence and solitude this week. Um, I I definitely needed to practice this. And one of the things that I chose to do is uh, give the first hour of my day to God. Whole hour. And so uh, I have three kids, busy life, and that is definitely a challenge sometimes. But, you know, in the past, I've, I've had a quiet time and it's, you know, fluctuated. Sometimes it's quick. You know, you never really know what it's going to look like because life gets crazy. But this, this week and for the next couple weeks and hopefully even going forward, I want to give a whole hour to God when I wake up. So for me, it's, it's no Instagram no sports center, no news, just be alone with God, pray, listen, meditate, just do different things that we're going to talk about today. And as I've done this, it's been really, really good. It's been challenging, but I found like after an hour, I'm like, wow, like I I still want to keep doing this. Uh, And so I want to challenge you guys to do something over these 21 days. Make a commitment, uh, find something that works for you, that's going to challenge you, that's going to help you grow in your relationship. And as a way to kind of help hold each other accountable and do this together as a community. Um, Evan challenged me to like, be creative and come up with a fun idea to like uh, represent this. So I went old school and uh, very much elementary kind of school style. On the, on the way in, there's a big drawing out there. Uh, right when you come in these doors, look, and there's a drawing, and it's, it looks actually just like this. It's a tree, roots, uh, and branches. And for me, that was just a way to stop take some time and make a drawing, pray, spend time with God, and just kind of meditate on his word. There's there's the uh, passage, Psalm 1, that we are uh, kind of banking this whole message on. It's, it's, it's out there. So here's what we're asking you guys to do. And if nobody does this, it's going to be super awkward, all right? So it's, it's just like a dead tree on the wall, hanging on the wall. And we are, we are like like I said, elementary school. We're cutting out leaves, and we're asking you to write down what you are going to commit to for the next 21 days. So either things you're going to take on or things you're going to give up for a few weeks. Write those on a leaf, stick them on the board, just like when you're in sixth grade, all right? And hopefully this will be a picture to the church that, like, we're in this together. This thing will start to grow and have more and more leaves and be colorful and beautiful instead of just this, you know, dead-looking sad tree out there, all right? So wrestle with what you want to do, but if nobody else does it, we're, we're going to know. It's just going to be awkward, so this is the challenge right there. Um, but yeah, silence and solitude... This week, uh, like I said, something I'm not good at, something I've been trying to practice more and more. And, you know, we live in this, I don't have to tell you guys this, but I just want to reinforce this. Everybody knows this. We live in this fast, high-paced society, right? Go, 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 go. The world around us is just going a million miles an hour, and there's a pressure for us to keep up. You guys understand? what, Or can you relate? Uh, and we live in this, this society where it's just a, Somebody described it as a ding and buzz society. So all day long, ding, buzz, beep, your phone, doorbell, notifications, all around us, right? We have all this outside noise and and stuff going on that can just easily distract us and make us go all over the place. Um, And so to practice solitude and silence is a very um, hard thing because we're just not used to it. And Jesus did this so... We need to be like Jesus, right? Paul calls us and and tells us to be imitators of Christ Jesus. And so it's easy to just like look at the way he teaches and want to, you know, learn from his teachings. But we also need to look at his life and how did he live. And Jesus made uh, quiet time alone with the Father a regular practice and a routine in his life. And so today we're going to look at the book of uh, Luke. We're just going to go through several passages that show how important this was to Jesus. Okay, so we're going to go through a lot of a lot of passages pretty quick today, um, but Luke's—it's all through the Bible. It's all—it's in other gospels, but Luke seems to really highlight this practice, and I want you guys to see that. Um, but before we dig into to Luke, let's just first talk about um, why we need this. Okay, so it's easy to be like, "Oh, Jesus lived." In a much slower society, he didn't have a cell phone. He didn't have three kids and a dog and two jobs, right? It's easy to just look at his life and be like, it was easy. He could just get away and no worries, right? But if you really dig in and look at Jesus' life, he had a very crazy, chaotic life. Everybody wanted things from him all the time, high demand. And so it was out of that like craziness that he pulled away often to be alone with the Father, and so that's, that's our example, and that's why, um, you know, we need to practice this as well. And for us, um, there's just so much going on. Our brains can only handle so much information and in stimulus. You guys agree with that? Like, we just cannot take in everything that is coming at us. And I don't want to harp on cell phones all day, iPhones, but that's the first one that pops into my mind, and maybe some of you guys um, a couple years ago, somebody uh, described a cell phone, and an iPhone, as, um, as a roaring, raging lion. Okay, Think about that for a second. And from the moment you wake up, that lion is coming at you with everything. And so how many of us in here use our cell phones as an alarm? Anybody else? Oh, nice. Not as many as I thought. I do. And so the challenge is, wake up, oh, first thing I see, notification, email, calendar, yada, yada. And it's just like starts attacking me all day long, right? And so I have to, like, put that away to focus on God and I have to stop looking at it, which is a very hard thing when our world runs on iPhones and communication and technology. Um, it's very much a part of, of both of my jobs. So um, it's just interesting to think that, yeah, it's, this is, we have this thing that's coming at us from the moment we wake up. And we have to be very intentional to not give it our uh, attention, right? Um, Another example that I was thinking about is how our brains can only handle so much and we need to lock in and focus is with new drivers. Anybody have a teenager learning to drive? I don't yet, but it's coming. (laughs) One. All right. But you guys all remember, when you're learning to drive, you can't handle anything else. You think you can, but you can't. And there's, they put in rules to where you can't text and drive, you can't have more people in the car, all these different things, because they want a teenager to focus on the task at hand, right? We all want that. The last thing we want is a teenager who's learning how to drive, music blurring, kids, other kids in the car yelling out the window, all this chaos. We do not want that, right? This is a, could be a deadly weapon if, if uh, somebody's not paying attention and focusing, right? So we put in these things to get somebody to focus And we have this kind of like instinctive uh, nature, like put yourself in the car now. You've been driving a long time. You get into a busy city, whatever, LA, Chicago, any of those crazy places. And what do you instinctively do when you're trying to find a location GPS? Anybody? Not yell at your kids, hopefully. Although that does happen quite a bit, right? Be quiet. You turn down the radio right you have so much going on you're trying to find a location in in LA I've I've driven through there many times and I hate it but you have to take like eight highways to get from point A to point B you're always getting on and off the highway and if you're not paying attention you miss it and you end up in San Diego <laughs> so the point is like we instinctively know when there's craziness going around around, around us we turn down the noise we turn down Even conversations, were kind of like, be quiet, I need to focus. So we know this idea of focusing in in real life, and we know that when uh, it's critical, we need to lock in, and we can't handle all this outside noise. You guys see see where I'm going here? Um, So why don't we do this with God? Why don't we learn to eliminate distractions and noise that's all around us and give him our undivided attention and focus in on him? It's a very hard thing to do, but I just showed you From some examples that it's super important, right, in certain situations. Well, it's important in our spiritual life. We don't learn to focus in on God and block out everything around us. Um, And really the point is, like, you can only give your full, full attention to one thing at a time. After that, you're multitasking, and you may get good at multitasking, but you're never, like, giving one thing your undivided attention. Okay, and that's what we need to learn to do with, with God and to block out distractions. Um, so this is actually a a skill and people learn to do this. There's seminars, there's books, there's a lot of different things out there that teach us how to focus. Uh, the thing that I was thinking of this week because I've been watching the NBA playoffs is free throws. NBA players learn to get really good at shooting free throws. So think about this situation for a second. Um, 25,000 fans screaming, all right. Mind you, this is not during the pandemic because this is not going on. But, you know, a year ago, sports, crazy situation. 25,000 screaming fans, and you have you have to step up to the line, and you have to calm yourself. You're tired. You're sweating. You're exhausted. You have players on both sides of you who are talking trash and, and trying to get you maybe joking and trying to distract you. You have all the craziness behind you, right? Free throw. Uh, you know, basket's there. It's 15 feet away. The, the basket is like 18 inches, I think. So you have to get this ball in this hoop, and you have all this going on around you. Anybody ever been to professional games? I grew up going to games, but it's wild. You got mascots. You have people with their shirts off riding stuff on their bellies. They're like screaming. They're doing everything they can to distract the person at the free throw line who's trying to accomplish something. And good athletes can shoot about 90, 94%. Uh, Steph Curry, if you know that name, he's, he's been leading the league for the last couple of years. Um, he's, he's been at about 93%. And I'm going to, I'm going to nerd out on basketball for a second, give you some more stats because I know you want to hear this. Um, so Steve Nash, anybody know that name? Steve Nash is like the career leader in free throw percentage. So he has made, well, he's retired now, but he made 2,830 free throws out of 3,132 in his career. Any guesses on percentage? So that's a little lower than Steph Curry, but this is his career. And then if you know how long his career was, it's impressive, 19 years. So this dude got so good at shooting free throws and locking in and focusing and eliminating all these distractions that it just became the skill that he was super um, just good at, right? And I know, like, spending time with God is not necessarily, like, a, a, a physical skill we learned, but the point is we can practice and learn to get good at this right it took this guy how many how many free throws do you think he took growing up to get to this skill level i mean over and over and over repetition and now these guys are like automatic from the free throw line 90 is is really good so the point i'm trying to make is that we can get good at this we just need to put in the time we need to practice and we need to learn to eliminate that noise and the distractions and all that outside garbage and just lock in on god and focus on him all right, so let's start, uh, let's start digging into Luke. So go ahead and put that first slide up. I'm going to go through just a series of verses in Luke. We're just going to kind of walk through the book, and they're just like one or two verses at a time, and then we'll kind of unpack these. But like always when I talk, I need a second to uh, get some water. So can somebody stand up and read this? We have the first one, and then we're going to, so 4, 1 through 2, and then we're going to skip down to 14 and 15. Can anybody read this for me? Sure. Awesome, thank you. You want to read all, all at once here? Yeah, all at once. Thank you. I'm going to ask in a little bit for other people to read, so be ready. Um, So Jesus is starting his ministry, okay? He's going out into the wilderness 40 days to be alone. And obviously, we know the story. He's tempted. Uh, There's a lot going on. But what really stuck out to me was when he comes out of this time... He's not like us who would be completely exhausted and tired and hungry and worn down and beat down. What does it say? He says he returned in the power of the Holy Spirit, of the Spirit. So he's starting his ministry. He's about to do, you know, full-time three years of intense ministry traveling. But he starts it out by going into the wilderness to be alone with the Father. And he faces some, some temptation and trials during that time. But the point is, he gets that time alone, and he's encouraged, and he's strengthened, and he comes out of that ready for his mission. And that's pretty interesting to me. I've been watching this show. As our whole family's been watching this show alone. You guys, Anybody familiar with it? Um, it's a really good show, and it gets you hooked, so be careful. But they send people out into the wilderness to survive as long as they can by themselves. The winners get $500,000. So they send these people into isolated places, and they get 10 items, and they need to survive. So they're eating weird stuff. They're, they're killing their, you know, their food and bugs, and they're living off the land. And what's really interesting – I mean, they're going for months, several months. What's really interesting when you watch the show is that the longer they're alone and isolated – They have to film themselves the whole time. So they're doing like daily, like filming just them and a camera, not even a cameraman. So like a GoPro, they set up and they're talking. The longer they spend out there, the more that they start to express that the worries of this world start to fall away. They start to be more in tune with themselves, nature, their surroundings. They start talking about feelings and emotions that they haven't experienced in years, relationships, conversations. And so what's been so interesting is watching that show and then getting ready to talk about this is that you know, when you're alone, you really do start to, you know, get rid of that noise and that garbage that's bombarding you, and you start to kind of know yourself more. And this is not like a Christian show or anything, so they're not talking about Jesus, but we know the more time you spend with Jesus, the more you're going to hear his voice, the more you're going to stop worrying about work and school and money and different things like that, and you can really hear his voice. And so the show is really good. Watch it if you want, but I couldn't help uh, but thinking about You know, time alone in the wilderness, you know, just with God and how amazing that would be. Now, I couldn't make it more than a weekend probably, but I do like to go camping and I I have experienced this on a small level. Just, you know, just unplug. When your phone doesn't work, it's a good way to, you know, eliminate distractions, right? So I'm not telling you to go live off the land for three months, but, you know, go camping, turn your phone off, do what you need to do to connect with the Father. Let's skip the page. Okay, Luke 15. Uh, next one. Who's my reader on this one? Go ahead. Thank you. All right, so now Jesus is in his ministry. He's full-on traveling and healing people, and life is getting crazy. People are uh, everywhere he's going. They're, they're following him. They're bombarding him. They're pressing in on him. There's even a situation where he has to get on a boat because there's so many people that want to come near him and even touch him to get healed. Jesus is offering free health care in the society pretty much, right? So word starts spread, and whole towns and villages, crowds are coming to Jesus. You imagine how crazy that is You ever have somebody just like always need something from you? Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's your boss. I don't know. But, you know, all these demands on you, it can be overwhelming. And Jesus, what does he do? It says he often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Right? This is a regular routine. This is not just like, oh, this is weird. Where's Jesus? What's Jesus up to? No, like his disciples started to realize he would do this regularly and often, and they would make note of that, I'm sure. Just like we need to. Oftentimes, pray and be alone. Let's keep moving to the next one. Luke 6. Um, Actually, real quick, I want want to kind of share this example too. So in my own life, I've been married for 15 years. There's my wife right there. Um, We have learned that we need time to be alone and to spend just together. And so we've put in some, some practices in our marriage that have helped us have a fairly healthy marriage, I would say. And one of those is, is you know, taking a date, or, or most recently it's been taking just walks around our neighborhood without our kids. And yeah, it will happen. Some of you guys that have young kids, you, you will be able to leave your kids at one point and take a walk around the neighborhood or go on a date. Um, this has only been happening for like a year or two with us, but our kids always want to go with us which we like our kids but this is our time and we have to we have to tell our kids sorry you can't go like we're going on a walk and basically like this is our time and we just we just walk we just talk we connect and it's such a great example of in a marriage right if you neglect these times and you don't communicate and you don't spend time with your spouse what happens your marriage, your relationships start to crumble, you start to feel distant, you start to not have that closeness. Well, the same thing is true in our spiritual lives. If we do not spend that time alone with God, slowly our relationships will start to kind of crumble and fall apart, and we won't hear God, we won't feel Him, and and we'll look up and be like, where are you, God? You know, because we haven't put in that time. So in, in, you know, earthly relationships, we know it, we practice it, but it's hard to practice it with God. So, um, yeah, let's keep moving to that next verse. All right, anybody want to read this one? It's short, short and sweet. No, that's a good reading voice right there. He's the official reader. For um, so this is a big moment for Jesus. He's about to make a pretty big decision. He, so what does he do? He, he goes alone to be with the Father to an isolated place on the mountainside, and he prays, and he spent the night praying. All right. I don't even know if I need to keep talking about this but like he spent a night praying like have we ever done that have we ever spent a whole night praying maybe those maybe there's a few times in your life when you had some big decisions like this and you were on your knees and you were praying intently and those are moments you can look back on but this is a hard thing to do and Jesus did this because he's about to choose his 12 disciples who are gonna carry out the message right so for us, we have, we have big decisions in our life. Sometimes we need, to, you know, we, need to, we need to pray about moving and quitting a job or making a big financial decision. And what is Jesus' Jesus's example and advice to us? Get alone with the Father and pray. Intently spend as much time as you need. I would just say as a, as a note from experience on this, um, if you're going to pray through the night, I would not do it horizontal just personal experience, I would stand up, I'd walk around, because when you're horizontal and you pray, you fall asleep. I don't know if anybody's with me on that one, but... All right, next one. Let's keep moving. Luke 9, I think is where we're at. There we go. Anybody want to try this one? It's long. Thank you. That's a beautiful reading voice right there. Um, so this one is kind of, uh, it's short, but it's, it was interesting because it says he, he was with his, Jesus was with his disciples. But what did it say? Put that back up for me real, bu- real quick. Yes, in private. So obviously we're, we're talking about being alone, spending time with, with uh, the Father by ourselves, but Jesus also showed us that when we're with groups maybe you can't just uh you know get to the countryside and the mountainside and the wilderness for a few days you need to learn to pray in private alone with God yourself so there may be people around you but you still need to find a way to connect with God and you may have to eliminate those distractions and really like I said lock in and focus on God even when you're with people so it's not always as easy as it seems and we can just have that beautiful silence you know have our coffee and have that moment that we that we want and we kind of have in our minds of being still with God, sometimes it's, life is crazy and we still need to find a way to connect, right? All right, last, last kind of passage on, uh, from Luke. All right, this is a long one. I right, think so we've probably heard this passage but this is where Jesus is going to the cross you know he is on his way it's only a matter of time before he's going to be brutally killed and he's going to go through all this and he knows he knows what's going to happen to him and he goes into the garden to pray and so Again, he had to withdraw from his friends, his disciples, and, and if you remember the story, he asked them to pray and he stepped back to pray and he came back and what happened? They were all laying down praying, like I just said, right? If they were standing up, they would have been all right. Well, yeah, they fell asleep. But Jesus is so intently praying with the Father that it's said he's like it's like drops of blood. So I mean, this is just crazy to think about, that you could pray that hard to be in anguish and have so much emotion come out of you that that's what happens. But if you remember, I mean, this is, this is life and death. Jesus knows what he's going to have to do and go through it, and yet he's willing to still step into that for us, which is a beautiful picture. But the point is, right before he did this, you know, right before he went to the cross, he, he, he got that time alone with, with the Father to just connect, to focus in, and to just pour out his heart. And so that that's an amazing example right there um, of what Jesus did in his life. And I want to challenge you to, to read the Gospels, read through other parts of the, the Bible. I got a few more from, from Psalms to share, but, you know, it may look different for all of us. I, I want to encourage you guys to do what you need to do to meet with the Father. And maybe that's getting up early in the morning before the kids wake or maybe that's watching the sunrise think about that for a second when is the last time that you watch the sunrise with jesus not not like i'm catching an early red-eye flight and i might see the sun coming up that's different i mean get up to intently spend time with god and watch the sunrise like your whole perspective has changed when you do that and i don't do that nearly enough um So go on a hike, spend time with him, read, meditate. Evan kind of mentioned meditating uh, last week in his message. And sometimes it's like, oh, that's kind of weird. What is meditating? And I've been thinking about meditating a lot this week. So there's different ways to read the Bible. And we know that we can just like read it for knowledge and kind of try to consume it and get through like four chapters at a time. And and we can definitely learn a lot. But there's another slower... um, intimate way to read the Bible, and that's to meditate on his word. And it says, you know, we're supposed to do that day and night. So rather than trying to take off this huge chunk of scripture, um, you know, three chapters of Genesis or something like that, you take one line, one verse, one word even, or two words, and you just soak that in. You just, you get up and you just repeat it over and over. You, you, you really, the best way that I could describe it is, is you're, you're just trying to let that words sink into your soul and just get down deep. And as you do that and you quiet your your, your soul, you allow God to speak, and you listen, and you just continue to just like meditate. And it's it's crazy like God will start to speak and show you things. So do that if you need to do that. I don't know. Whatever you need to do, you probably already know. So I don't really need to give you all these examples. There's a few but you know what you need to do to meet with the Father, and I want to encourage you to do it this week. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and I want to end with a few verses from, uh, from Psalms, from, from David. So David, David got really good at this spiritual practice, and if we look at his life, we don't have time to unpack his life. He had a pretty crazy life too, a lot going on, a lot of demands, a lot of people wanted things of him, but he learned to, be still and be quiet and get rid of all the noise and distractions in his life and to focus in on his Savior. So, this first one the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures, He leads me besides quiet waters, and He refreshes my soul. That's a pretty famous uh, passage, and I'm guessing most of us have heard that before, but just to think about that for a second. There's, there's something that happens when we, when we spend that time with God. When we get alone with Him, there's a promise from God. So we give Him our time and attention, and what does He give us? This, this refreshing of our souls. It's like rejuvenation. This uh, just restoring process takes place. And it's, it's an amazing thing. We need it more and more. And when, when we neglect this practice, and then we go back to it, that, that's when we really realize, oh, man, like I was missing this time, this time with God where he's just like restoring me. And I've even noticed that in this week where I've like giving God this first hour of my day, I'm like, I feel, I feel like pretty rejuvenated and excited. I start my day not in a hurry and scrambling, but like calm and just, you know, starting out in the right spot mentally with God. So the next one, uh, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways when they carry out their wicked schemes. Psalm 37, 7. And this is a theme with David. Be still, listen, wait. Things that, again, we are not good at in our society. We don't wait for anything. I mean, before you even leave this room, if you want, on your phone, you could have you know food ready, you could plan a vacation, you could buy an outfit, like, you can have all that ready. you know. Everywhere we go, it's like fast, 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 fast food, fast this, fast that. We don't wait. Fast internet. So rarely do we just practice listening and waiting and being still. It's a foreign concept, concept to us. But David did it. Jesus did it. And like I said, there's a promise when we, when, we, when we go after God with all our heart. There's a promise for him that says he will meet us. And there's one more verse I want to share, and then we'll wrap this up. Last slide. All right, can somebody read this last one? Maybe my good reading voice over here. That's a super good one. I love that verse. Because it says, we go to God in the morning, early, we start our day this, this way, we lay our requests before him, and we wait. But we don't just wait like, oh, nothing's going to happen. We wait expectantly. You know, like, like on a, a kid on Christmas morning, like they know what's going to happen. They're so excited, right? They're expecting this, like, this big thing to happen you know and so for us if we wait for God and expect that he's going to hear our voice hear our cries he's going to listen and he is going to answer he is going to show up and we may have to wait but the promise is that it will come right his answer his voice will come and sometimes that comes when we like i said we start to just get rid of all the other noise and garbage and things that are flooding our lives and attacking us and we just still our minds still our our hearts before God, we, we cry out to Him, and we just sit, and we wait, and we listen, <laughs> right? It's something that I think we can all do more of, and I want to encourage you guys, like, it is hard, but it's worth it. Anything in life that we value, we will make time for. So it's, it's, it's really priorities in our life. When we value something, we'll make sure it happens. Like I said, I value, you know, time with my wife, so I make sure that we go do this. I value like things that I love to do. I, I like to skateboard. So I make sure I have time for that. Some of you guys ride mountain bikes, some of you guys golf. If you have a hobby that you love. You don't neglect that, you make sure it happens. You make it a priority. But we need to make time with God a priority. And so, um, this week, do what you need to do. Get with God, but I guarantee you that if you put that relationship first, it will have a trickle-down effect on all your other relationships. You spend time with God, intimate, uh, undivided attention with him, that your relationship with your kids, your spouse, even at work will probably be better because it will just completely change your mind and your life. So that's the challenge for this week. Um, Accountability is huge. That's one reason we're doing the little leafs on the wall out there. But I would also encourage you guys to reach out to somebody, whether it's me or Evan uh, if you need help, you need somebody to just check on you, like how you're doing, you're going to commit to whatever, giving this up or taking this on. If you want accountability, let us know. Tell a good friend, hey, this is what I'm doing for 21 days. I am gonna, I'm going to, whatever, I'm going to go on a hike three days a week and just spend time with God. And then next week when they ask you how's it going and you messed up, they can encourage you to, all right, let's keep trying it. Or let's make sure we put that time in. So accountability is huge. So find somebody that is in your life that can help you grow in this area. But I just want to pray and make sure you take these cards home. They have some ideas that will help you this week. And we, again, are a resource if you, if you need us. But, um, yeah, let's just spend some time with God. I'll pray, and then the worship team is going to come up. Sound good? Father God, you're good. I just thank you so much for loving us. I thank you that you desire this relationship with us, Lord, this close, intimate relationship. And I pray that we will make this a priority in our own lives. I pray that we will give you our first, our best, um, not leftover or whatever time we can come up with, Lord. I pray that we can just give you the time that you need to speak to us. I pray you would eliminate the distractions that are going on in in our life, Lord. And some of those distractions are very real and they're very hard and scary but uh, we know that you can handle all that and we can truly focus in on you and so we love you lord and we just pray that the rest of today uh, you'll be speaking very clearly and and we'll hear your voice and i just thank you for this church and and everything you're doing uh, in it amen